Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Today's the day we are going to teach you how the world sees you. A lot of us don't know. Have you ever met those people that are clueless? They just don't get how others are reading them. You know, you may be that person if you're out there. Do you feel like you have a good sense of how the world sees you? Because on the show today, we're going to be uh, talking with an expert who wrote the book on it, basically. And she put together um, a profile, an assessment that is designed to help you see what your strengths are and, and if how the world sees what your strengths are. It's pretty powerful. Sally Hogshead is her name. We'll have her here later today. Plus, we've, um, we've got the happy gals will be coming in. And today we're going to be debunking a myth. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Sarah Gowans. We've always thought that Sarah Gowans and Jenny Layton were the same person. Well, we still don't have any proof. No, still, I'm still convinced they are the same person. Except, apparently, they say they're not. They're supposed to be coming in both today. Interesting. And you know what? A, we'll see if they both come in. Because if they don't... Then we know they're liars. Or maybe we have one come in for one segment and one comes in for another yeah, segment. How would we that, know? Yeah, exactly. But the important thing here is how the world sees them. We see them as one person. They see themselves as two people. I guess that matters. Yeah. Uh, but here's the deal. So, you know, life, we live in a very PR-driven world. I don't know if you've known this or noticed this, but sometimes like a pol- you'll have a politician that will run for office and they may win. And they're nothing like you thought they'd be. You know, I don't know if any politicians that's all like the time. That. Or have you ever bought? Have you ever bought some food, or you saw a restaurant advertisement, and you go in, and you're like, "Oh, I can hardly wait to try the McRib," or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like not even McRibby. Oh, I can wait to try the McRib. Anyway, a lot of times, and I actually like the McRib, but you guys just gave me the ugly, gross face. Yeah. But uh, a lot of times, we're sold a bill of goods. You know, where I've seen this actually is I will see a movie trailer. Yes. And I will see a scene in a movie trailer that I am anticipating seeing. Oh, it's going to be in, hilarious. Yeah. It's incredible. And then it doesn't happen in the movie. Oh, they don't. it's not even in the movie? It's not in the movie. It's in the trailer but not in the movie? Do they yes. do that? That's oh, called the bait and switch. It is. That's illegal. <laughs> I bet Merritt's seen that. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's actually a really common thing um, – not only will scenes be cut, but they'll use uh, lines. They'll film, they'll film scenes. They'll film lines specifically for the trailer. They don't have any intention of even putting them in the movie. Really, just the trailer to draw audiences in. They'll use different soundtracks. Yeah. Um, they'll use different adjectives depending on what kind of audience yeah. they're trying to get. And you can go in and think that they're. Didn't you, you tell know, there's me nothing at all? You told me once about a Charlie Chaplin movie. What's your favorite Charlie Chaplin movie? My favorite Charlie Chaplin movie? Yeah. Uh, Didn't you tell you mentioned it on the show once? City Lights is probably my favorite. Okay. So I watched it. Not really. <laughs> you did? <laughs> but wow, I would be I impressed. Was very to- impressed with that. Totally for disappointed. About half a second. He doesn't even talk. Jeez. <laughs> oh, he yeah, doesn't even talk yeah, in the movie. That. So, how how great of an actor can you be if you don't have to talk? Come on. You have to be a pretty darn good one, actually. Yeah, that's true. It's called the bait and switch. 
<laughs> Hollywood does it all the time. They've been doing it even since Charlie Chaplin days. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I'm just throwing that out. <laughs> Another interesting thing is that uh, Hollywood will try, they'll treat audiences uh, thinking that they know what audiences want. Oh, yeah. So I think sometimes that we put on a certain uh, kind of aura because we think that the people we're interacting with will want the specific right. kind of thing. But really, we have no clue what they want. Yeah. Um, and it's better just to be yourself. And this is, I guess, kind of a weird analogy to draw. But uh, in the late 60s, The Sound of Music came out in Hollywood. And yes. it was one of the, one of the highest it was the bomb. movies of all time. Yeah, People loved it. We're nuts for it. Made so much money. It's still a classic today. Uh, and after that, people just... Hollywood filmmakers just kept trying to make the same movie because they're like, well, that did well, so we're <laughs> going to keep worked. doing it. So they came out with movies like um, Hello, Dolly, yeah. or uh, Star, I think it was another one, or uh, Dr. Doolittle. Just and keep putting them just out. Just to keep putting them out. But the thing was is that at that point in time, the world was changing. Uh, Vietnam was starting to get really ugly. Yeah. And all of those movies completely flopped. And the movies that ended up doing well were the movies that were more authentic to the time and place and to the, what the filmmakers actually mm. wanted to make at the time. And so all of these, you know, kind of low-level movies like Easy Rider or The Wild Bunch or Bonnie and Clyde made tons of money. Yeah. And the people liked it better. But you said the word authentic. Yes, exactly. Because they were authentic instead of fakery trying to be something. And try, instead of trying to be something, yeah. I think people can feel when they're being uh, played, sold. Yeah. Sold to, you know, yeah. we want the product to speak for itself. We don't want to have the, you know. So do you guys feel like you know how you come off? And do you feel like you come off authentic? Because there's moments where, have you ever just been put into a situation that you know when you're no longer authentic? Like, okay, I'm being fake right now because I have to say what I have to say. Mm, yeah, I've done that, do that before. Yeah, mm-hmm. Isn't that sad? Yes. Do you, do you, are you even then conscientious of why you're doing that? Like, sometimes I've done it for for just yeah. acting purposes. Yeah, you just you're just pretending. Yes. No, sure, I'll sure I'll have one. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. like a really gross cookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these are great. Oh, these are yummy. I know. With or where, where I've agreed with you on the show. Yeah. How many times have you done that? <laughs> mm-hmm. But we all know you're being inauthentic. That's all right. Okay. Um, but so on the show, that's what we want to get into is how you know, you know, what's your real voice and what your real skills are and how other people see you. And do they see you as being authentic or not? And do you, do you feel like you know how to fly in that groove? It's a pretty hard thing. Yeah, I think uh, certain personality types get kind of put on this pedestal. Where yeah. we're like, We want to be like that. Yeah, yeah. macho. So our idea yeah. of charisma yeah. is a very, very narrow definition where if I think about the people that I enjoy being around, it's a very diverse group of people. It's not just the people who are, you know, quote unquote, charismatic. Right. No. It's people who have all sorts of different strengths. And so it's more important to remember how we can do that ourselves. But see, then you'd have to know what your strengths are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is a hard thing. So if somebody just came up, put a microphone in your face and said, so what are your strengths? Oh, man, I'd climb up immediately. Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah. Like, Yeah. I mean, obviously, dancing. Oh yeah, me yeah yeah tap. for you. I'm 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 into tap because when you when we play music, <laughs> you just start dancing, <laughs> right? And it's awkward and interesting at the same time. So that's what we're talking about on the show today. And, and again, I think this gets into all of life because all of a sudden we don't we don't seem to know who we are, and then we just kind of think we need to be certain things. 
We need to be certain things for certain people, and we just dance. We just dance. Dance, monkey, dance. That's what we're talking about on the show. How not to dance, but actually to know how the world sees you, know what your strengths are, and how to be authentic. That's today's show. We got a good show today. I'm telling you. I, I hate to tell you, but we have a good show every day. Really? Yeah. It's so weird. I'm in the show. I never even notice it. I know. So strange. Well, we're that, that, right there. Right there. Being just, authentic. Just happened. Being authentic right there. We're going to take a break, my friends. When we come back, Sally Hogshead will be joining us. She's going to start to teach us about fascination, how to be a fascinating person, how to understand where your uh, your strengths are. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you see the good in the world, my friends. We'll take a break. We'll be right back right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Take you just the way you are. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about the images, your own personal branding. How does the world see you? You know, it matters because it's not enough to just understand how you see everybody else. But if you want power, if you want influence with people, you better know the kind of impact that you're out there having. Who better to teach us this than Sally Hogshead, who's joining us? She is a, a world-class branding expert, and she has been doing research and teaching people how to communicate and captivate the world. Um, you know, in this world where the, the attention span is so short. You only have nine seconds, right, to get their attention, to get their focus. So she has put together a bunch of tools we're going to be talking about today. One is the fa- the Fascination Advantage, the world's first personality assessment that measures what makes someone most engaging to others. We'll be talking to her about that as long with her new book, How the World Sees You. Again, her name is Sally Hogshead. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Matt Townsend. I'm so happy to be able to talk with you today. Thanks for inviting me to join you. You bet. Great to have you on the show. And I, I've seen a lot of assessments in my life, you know, familiar with Myers-Briggs. I'm familiar with the Strengths Finder. But but your focus on fascination, uh, I guess I guess no better words than it just fascinates me. <laughs> I'm so glad. I appreciate that. It's a different <laughs> way of looking at yourself through the lens of seeing how other people see you. I mean, in reality, if you want to have influence, you better be measuring that, right? Well, you need to understand how other people see you so that you can be seen at your best. You know there are certain qualities about you that are most attractive. You, you probably know it. Is it your eye color? It's my abs. It's my abs, Sally. It's my rugged. It's your eight-pack, Matt. It's actually my, it's my one-pack. <laughs> the pack. It's the pack. There's, there are certain qualities that make you attractive, and then there are other qualities that uh, that, that are going to be uh, that, that are not going to be your main highlights. And your personality is the same way. You have certain personality qualities that make you incredibly attractive to other people, whether that's professionally attracting prospects, talking to customers, or even in dating, in friendship, in romance, with family. Yeah. There are certain things about you that other people just fall in love with, even if they can't quite put their finger on it. Yeah. And if you can identify that, it becomes so much easier to keep doing what you're doing right over and over. It's so it kind of goes with the same, I guess, uh, theory of kind of the strengths world, which is you don't need to be everything to everybody, but you need to know what your strengths are. You need to know what your personality strengths are. 
Yes. You know that you know that experience we've all had where you walk into a cocktail party or a networking event and you feel a little bit awkward because you're not exactly sure what you should say, how should you start the conversation. Right. How can you connect quickly? But imagine if you understood how other people see you at your best, so then you could just focus on that and make sure that you're adding value to other people and contributing to them. Yeah. Man, I, um, I, I took the test. Okay, I took your assessment. So everybody out there in listener land, all you got to do is go to her website, howtofascinate.com, and you can start your own little journey to figure this out, right? Um, I went on your site and found out some pretty interesting things. I was actually disappointed, and I don't know if I should be disappointed. I thought I was well, something different. I'm, I'm excited to hear it. What was, okay. what, what was so, disappointing and what was new? Well, first, I, my archetype is I'm, um, a veil, I'm, my, I'm the veiled strength. Does that make sense? And I'm a it mystique does. and a power. Well, let's talk about that. Let's uh, talk about uh, uh, what it means to be a veiled strength. Okay. People who are veiled strengths tend to be very strategic. They, mm. they are able to see all the pieces on the playing field. Yes. They can think ahead. They can plan two steps, what they're going to be doing before they do it. They tend to be logical. They don't really like drama. They don't like fuss. They don't want to hold somebody's hand all the way through the process. They want to focus on how do we get a result. Yeah, that's pretty close. Parts of it, though, I, I don't mind a little drama. I, I don't mind a little drama. Uh, uh, really? Can we do some hysterics here on the show? They actually call me the drama king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't tell me that you're not exactly the drama king. Yeah, no. But so so that's so th- what you've done is you've taken my primary advantage, some tool, some personality trait like uh, the mystique and my power is a secondary advantage. And when those come together, that's what creates that that Your archetype, my archetype, right. the veiled strength. Now, here's what that means. Let's let, let's take a look at that. And if I may, Matt, can I can I give people the code so that they can please, get the please, assessment yes. for free? Yeah. Because your listeners get to have a free code, and everybody else is going to be paying full price for oh, this. Here's, a gift. I, I know. Pretty oh, cool, that right? is so wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> here's the code. You first of all, you go to the website at howtofascinate.com forward slash u y o u. That's mm. howtofascinate.com forward slash you, Y-O-U, and that takes you kind of to a, to a back door where you can just come right in and you put in a private code, and your private code is B-Y-U radio, just like B-Y-U radio, all one word, it's not case sensitive, and then you'll be able to take the assessment. It's 28 questions. We've had over half a million people wow. do the assessment, 500,000, yep. and we've looked at high performers in, in communication and relationships and see what are they doing right that they can keep doing more of. And what we found is people have specific patterns behind their personality. Now, yours, we were just describing, your, your primary advantage, meaning the number one most effective way that you can be communicating is through mystique. You listen, you think things through, you're observant, and you like to be able to take information and organize it in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Your secondary advantage is power. And, there, you know, no, mm-hmm. no surprise there. No way. Confident, authoritative, leadership. And so when you Studly. take mystique and you put it with power, then the archetype is the veiled strength. And your report gives you the cues that when you're introducing yourself or communicating that you want to make sure that shine through hmm. so that you can focus on who you are at your best. Oh, I love it. I mean, really, it's like... It's getting to know a side of you that you you've always known, but it's never just been handed to you on a platter. This is how this is your strength. Well, there's a lot of great personality assessments out there. There's Strengths Finder, Myers Briggs, DISC, and all those 
personality assessments are based on psychology, and so they show you how you see the world. When you take DISC, it tells you how you see the world. Mm -hmm. And this is a different perspective. This isn't telling you how you see the world. It's telling you how the world sees you. How do people see you at your best? What are your most valuable qualities when you're in a relationship or you're dealing with customers, you're working with a team? I, I love it. And I, I think, again, anybody that wants to can go fill out this assessment and find out your advantage um, or your strength. Um, how, go, just go to howtofascinate.com uh, forward slash you and then enter in the code BYU radio. No, uh, it's not case sensitive. No yeah, no space. Right. Talk about, uh, when I know this, one of the things I sometimes worry about with some of these is that if I know what, I guess, now that I know how they see me, do I, do I want to, I'm almost worried that I would now spend too much time thinking about, well, was that, you know, was I using mystique enough? Was yeah, I using my power enough? Right. Does that, right. Does, does that create a complex, a problem for us? Well, let me give you an example, if I may. Yeah. A couple of weekends ago, my kids decided they wanted to have a lemonade stand. But because I have a marketing background, <laughs> because <laughs> they've been raised around branding, they decided that instead of just setting up shop with a little table outside our front door, that they were going to have a marketing contest. They Ooh. said, um, they said, okay, we're going we're gonna to split up the street. We're going to have the same amount of lemonade. We're going to sell the same lemonade, but we're going to see who can make the most money. So my daughter turned to her right. And she went door to door like a Girl Scout would, knocking yeah. on the door and offering lemonade. When she came back after she ran out of lemonade, she had a dollar fifty in quarters. She'd been able to charge about thirty cents a glass on average. She said there was a problem because when she knocked on the doors, people weren't thirsty. Because when she was going to their homes, they weren't looking for lemonade. Right. My son, on the other hand, had a totally different approach. He walked to the left and he went down to a park where there was no water fountain, there's no vending machine, there's no way to get any beverages. People were incredibly thirsty. He handed me twenty bucks. Wow. He'd been able to sell the same lemonade for the same amount of for, for the, the same amount of lemonade for five dollars a glass, whereas my daughter had only been able to sell it for about wow. 25 or 30 cents a glass. So he was able to charge 1,600% more for the same lemonade. <laughs> In other words, the lemonade was a commodity. Yeah. The lemonade wasn't different. The, the difference was, he said, I didn't go where people were close. I went where people were thirsty. That's great. The lesson, the lesson is this. There are certain situations in which people are very thirsty for what you have to provide. They're, they're thirsty for your advantages. Your advantage, Matt, is that you're very strategic, that you're able to, to see almost like a chess player, to see the playing field and see how to stay two steps ahead. And there are certain situations in which that's going to be incredibly valuable, just like a glass of $5 lemonade versus 30-cent lemonade. Right. On the other hand, there are going to be some situations in which you may have a disadvantage, situations in which somebody's expecting something of you that's, that's not going to be how you naturally communicate, and that's going to feel stressful and exhausting yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. What's an example of something, Matt, that a situation, a scenario in which oh, it feels oh. like quicksand, it's a struggle, it's exhausting. Anytime, right. anytime they tell me what I have to say. Ah, if if I can just make it up, I'm good to go. But if they say, no, you got to say this, you got to say it this way and you got to. So if I'm pitching something or if I if I just have to do it a certain way and I can't be free, that bugs me. You don't want to have it ties me down, give you a spreadsheet. No. information. No. Now, there's some people who really want the spreadsheet. And for them, it would feel inhibiting for somebody to say, make it up as you go along. Yeah. They don't make it up as they go along. They want to be given a structure, a rule book black and white, tell me exactly what to do. So there, the situations in which you're going to have an advantage are ones in which creativity is valued 
and that you're able to look ahead and kind of kind of like like we've been saying, stay two steps ahead instead of getting stuck. Yeah. Some people don't want to be in those situations. So you would do well, for example, as the host of a radio show. Hold it. <laughs> it's about what? communication. Yeah. And, and where they just they just tell me a little bit to say. And then they just let me go. Now, some people are great with relationships. Some yeah. people are great with details. Some people are great with motivating teams. Other people are really good with keeping teams on a budget or schedule or timeline. We all have different advantages. And the assessment is measuring what, how do people see you at your best so that you can dial down on that, focus in on it, and make sure that you're always seen at your best and put, put, be able yeah. to put yourself in the most positive light. Oh, I love it. I, and I can even see already how, how as a team it could be so powerful as well. Let's take a break, Sally. We're going to uh, take a quick break, come back. All you out there in listener land, get to the website. Go check out the website, howtofascinate.com forward slash you and if you do that just enter in byu radio take the assessment start to figure out what your strengths are and uh and how other people see you when we come back more from sally hogshead about uh how to become you know how to send out the best image and uh vision of who you are this is the matt townsend show we'll be right back right here on byu radio Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I got to get you into my life, but I don't even know who you are. I don't know anything about you. That's what we're talking about today. How does the world see you? Man, what if I could give you access to a world-class branding expert, somebody that could get inside of your brain Measure how you work, how you communicate, how you tend to captivate the world, assess you and give you a hand, you know, written basically tool for how to go approach the world. Well, we've done that today. Our guest is Sally Hogshead. Uh, She has the website howtofascinate.com and is the author of of the book, How the World Sees You, which is in stores right now. She also has written a couple of other books, Radical Careering, 100 Truths to Jumpstart Your Job, Your Career, and Your Life, and Fascinate, um, which was another book that was um, that uh, she's traveled the country, traveled the world to talk about. She's teaching us about how we are perceived by others and it's a really powerful tool because most of the tools we're looking at that are like personality assessments, it just helps us understand how we see the world. But her tool, uh, again, at howtofascinate.com, teaches us how the world sees us. So, Sally Hogshead, welcome back to The Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Matt. It's great to be able to talk with you today. It's so good to have you. And I, I really love this concept because it, you, you call it the fascination advantage which it really is an advantage for me to know how others see me. Um, and again, we went over the fact that I'm a mystique and a power combined. And um, I guess everybody has a veiled strength, right? It's just, it's just kind of the, it's the butterfly wing between those two primary and secondary advantages. Yes. There are some people who are not a veiled strength. Some people like to pound their fists. They like to pitch a fist. It's an overt strength. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Less veiled. Some people like to walk into the room, stick out their chest, and 
you know, you know a, a command people in a really obvious way, yeah. and, and 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 that can be that can be more or less effective. But you have a veiled strength, which means that you're not going to be incredibly obvious in the way in which you go about it. You like to listen and observe, and then exert your strength through the results. Yeah. No, I mean it's so it's it really is, and it's 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 very close. I, I feel it's totally right on, and I can just sit here and see, man, if I had my whole team go through this, and we could sit in a room and discuss what we are, what our strengths are, how powerful that could be to just better understanding how to present information to each other, how to how to leverage and, and be more effective with each other. You know, on on teams, what we found in our studies of high performers is the greatest teams whether it's a family team, a corporate team, uh, a community service team, greatest teams aren't based on similarities. They're based on differences. Mm. So you don't want to find people who are exactly like you. One of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make is they hire to replicate themselves rather than optimize themselves. One of the biggest mistakes that leaders make is they judge somebody based on their accomplishments, not just based on what they can contribute in uh, in very specific ways. For example, my personality has primary passion advantage. Uh, passion personalities tend to be great at, at building relationships. We, you can probably tell what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm using my hands. Yeah, I can already uh, tell. I can feel the breeze. When I'm, yeah. <laughs> yes, but I'm not good with details, and so it's crucial for me when I'm hiring to not just meet, not just hire other people with whom I have a sense of chemistry in that interview. I have to find people who are going to be able to optimize what I can't do, right. fill in the gaps, so that I don't have to be. Um, I, I don't have to be trying to be all things to all people, and instead I can focus on a specialty where I can be truly extraordinary for my clients and customers. See, and, and again, it's just so insightful. What, what, what do you call another thing that you you um, I saw on mine was that I have kind of a, a subtle advantage. Well, I can't remember what you called it. Um, Yours is mystique. Yeah. Is that so? That so. Each one of those um, advantages, the primary and then the secondary advantage, are combined to create this this veiled strength. It's a hidden power, I guess. What, talk about – just talk about um, – am I supposed to know and, and be able to detect everybody else's veiled strength or do I already sense it and I'm just kind of operating on de- – and dealing with that person on that subtle level? Does that make sense? Yeah, different people – different people have ways of connecting that are natural for them. And there's, there, there's always been something about you that's been observant. When you go back in your childhood, you can probably find examples of times when you don't, you, you don't want to talk through everything. You don't want to do the verbal vomit of putting it all on the table. You right. like to be able to think what, what, what's going to be the way in which I can have valuable communication that's going to make a real difference to people. Yeah. And, and so for you, you want to be able to find people who are going to be able to optimize that to allow you to do that. What's an example, Matt, of something, uh, a situation that feels energizing to you, that puts you in a state of productive focus? Um, well, a deadline. So, so you respond well when somebody says, okay, we've, we've got to get this done by Thursday, yep. and we're going to get it out the next yeah. time. Or like, yeah, or like right when I'm about to go on the air and I get here and it starts to charge up. Yeah, game on. So you, yeah, you can you kind of you get in that mode where you're in the zone like an athlete getting ready for a game. Yeah, I in fact and, I even stretch out. And so so it almost feels for you like the distractions fall away. You yeah. get into that mode of being able to, uh, to to see exactly where you're going, see the target, and that's a that's a feeling where you are being supported and being the best of who you are. Hmm. We all have those moments where we feel in the zone. Neurologists. Yeah 
say that when, when you're in a state of fascination, in other words, when you're totally consumed by what you're doing, when you feel that, that energizing focus, it's almost like uh, being in the flow or being in meditation. And these are incredibly powerful experiences. And something that we found is that people who are fascinated by their work and can get into the zone the way you can when you come to work uh, um, make proportionately more money. In other words, the more fascinated you are by your work, the greater your income is. Hmm. So, th- so the question becomes, what naturally fascinates you and allows you to contribute and to get into that zone where you're using these natural advantages and you're not coming into work and feeling like you have to put on a mask and have um, some kind of artificial dance with your boss and your coworkers and your and your customers so that you can bring the best of who you are. Yeah, you know, it's and isn't that interesting because it's like relation when I talk about relationships when I when I put my I guess mystique and my power around that, yeah, I'm on fuego. It's I'm totally motivated in a way that I'm not and I can I can already see how um, seeing these great strengths and then, yeah, my, where my passion lie and where, where this all converges can create such a change in um, in how I approach life. One of the things I know you talk a lot about are um, e- how I would even then write my resume, how I would go on LinkedIn and write in my bio. I mean, if I, I guess I would alter what I write by knowing what my advantages are. It's so powerful to be able to walk into a situation and know what's going to make you most confident so that you can be authentic. Neurologically, when you're communicating with somebody, when you're relaxed and when you can communicate in a way that's true to who you are, then your body relaxes, and that helps the other person feel like they can relax and focus on what you're saying to get in that same zone with you. But if you feel tense, then you get a blast of stress hormone, and your voice becomes tinnier. Your, uh, your words become faster. You might start to sweat, um, tremble almost like somebody uh, who's, who's in an investigation. And your listener senses this and your listener feels nervous. In the same way, if you can write your LinkedIn bio or your resume or that about section of your website mm-hmm. in a way that feels authentic and shows off who you are, then you're going to be far more likely to attract exactly the right people that you want through the LinkedIn profile yeah. or resume. So, for example, when you took the assessment, it gave you some adjectives that describe who you are. Yep. To build strength, your adjectives uh, are you're, you're realistic, you're intentional, and you're to the point. So you might describe in your LinkedIn profile, you would take that copy, you would literally um, cut and paste it right into your resume, and you would say, I have a realistic idea of, of exactly how to communicate my points. I'm intentional that I, that I understand that there are certain things that I want to be able to get my, my point across, and I'm to the point that I'm not going to ramble. Hmm. And instead, yeah. I'm going to make sure that there's quality communication. Again, and and that would be uh, so. People out there that are intuitive—I uh, guess we're all intuitive—but I guess more people are attracted naturally to that strength. And if they see those strengths and they see those those descriptors, then all of a sudden, I guess what your research shows is that I will attract people that are more into my authentic message. Yes, here's an example. As we talked about a moment ago, my primary advantage is passion, which means for me, I'm going to have that, those wellspring moments being in the zone when I can be in a relationship with somebody, when I can connect with them, create some kind of a bond. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to have an advantage in situations in which I'm being judged by spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. It's not that I can't do spreadsheets. It's just not going to be an area in which I have a competitive edge. So my company, uh, we made a strategic decision about a year ago. We decided we were not going to do expense reports anymore. And it was a marketing decision. And the reason why is because uh, I'm a speaker. If I come and I do a big presentation and I've spent weeks preparing this for the client and the audience has a standing ovation, the crowd roars, everybody's excited. 
And then suddenly <laughs> the expense reports start going back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> after after the event, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I there. totally do. Like you get on the plane and there's this happy bubble. Yeah. And then suddenly the accounting department goes back and forth. <laughs> and there's a $6 missing receipt for right. Cinnabon in the airport. <laughs> How many Cinnabons did you eat? I only yeah, ate one, right. but it's, I got a drink too. Right. Yeah, maybe some some um uh you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna see what junk food I'm eating, but I also don't want that to be the determinant of the relationship. Right. So what I realized was we we were churning so much relationship capital on things like expense reports that it just wasn't worth it. So we just established a flat fee. When I travel, there's a flat travel fee. It's non negotiable, it's the same for everywhere. And uh, and it's right up front. It's totally built in. It's completely transparent. So we never have to talk mm. about expenses. So every time I communicate yeah. with them, I can be adding value in some way. I love it. I mean, I really, I, it seems so natural for me and, and, and really intuitive just as somebody that does this for a living to be able to know this, how, how you work best, but also how others see you. We're going to take a break. We're talking with Sally Hogshead. You got to go to her website, howtofascinate.com. And if you go to um, howtofascinate.com forward slash you, Y-O-U, enter in the code BYU radio and you can take a free assessment. It's normally a report that's $37. So you're getting a free $37 gift here. Hello. Um, but it'll also give you a lot of insight into yourself and, uh, and get you on the path to understanding how others see you, maybe even get you to this sense of feeling fascination with your own life, a kind of a convergence of passion and purpose. Powerful stuff. We're going to take a break, come back more with Sally Hogshead and fascination and creating a fascinating life. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show and the Cult of Personality. Sean O'Neill, the producer, dug deep and found this wonderful song. Hey, uh, today we're talking about your personality, and we're going to ask you to join the Cult of Personality so you can bob around like Sean is right now. I've never seen you move so much, Sean. That's fantastic. Hey, uh, on the show today, we're talking with uh, Sally Hogshead who is an author, and basically, interestingly, more than that, a brand expert, a world-class branding expert, and she has been working with clients and people for years about how to put the best image of you out there, the one that kind of jives the most with your personality, your identity, your strengths. You know, instead of trying to be everything for everybody, what if we could just reach in your head and find out, what is unique to you? What are those traits, those those you know those those secondary and primary advantages that you bring to the world? And what if we could pull those out and start you know helping you to make sure you're presenting that to the people around you? Um, we've got the pro that's doing that. Sally Hogshead has put together a, a bunch of books. Radical Careering was one of them that she published uh, a few years ago. Fascinate is another one. And How the World Sees You, which is in stores right now. Uh, anyway, she also has put together the um, and is the creator of the Fascination Advantage, which is a personality assessment that measures what makes someone most engaging to others. And in that, if you'll go online, go to her website, howtofascinate.com, 
forward slash you, and then just enter in the passcode BYU Radio. She will give you basically a $37 assessment and uh, printout. You can go figure out all of your 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 advantages, your gifts that you're bringing to the world, and maybe more importantly, how others see you so you can leverage that. Sally Hogshead, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Matt. Thank you. So good to have you, and I'm loving what I'm learning here. Really, I feel... I feel like there's we're just we're just barely hitting the very tip of this. This is a very in-depth program and 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 profile. Teach us what you've seen with your clients. How how have you seen your clients changing as you take this to them? We've studied about half a million professionals. That's 500,000 people inside of organizations like AT&T, GE, Cisco, Intel, Intuit, and hundreds of small businesses and startups. So we've looked at lots of different types of high performers. And what we found high performers have in common is they have a specialty. Think of a restaurant that you love, a a, a restaurant that serves a specialty appetizer, a specialty Mm. cocktail or dessert. Yeah, It's something that sticks out in your mind. It allows that restaurant to be more competitive. Right. Or a a doctor would have a specialty, They would um, uh, orthopedics or et cetera. In the same way, your personality has a natural specialty. Some situations in which you're more valuable, more admired, more trusted, more liked. Situations in which you're very likely to win. On the other hand, you have other situations in which you're unlikely to win. Situations in which you're going to be exhausted. <laughs> right. It's going to feel like a struggle. And so when you can identify how you're most likely to add value, you can keep doing more of it. What we found high performers do differently is that they don't try to be all things to all people. They focus on over-delivering in one specific area or one specific type of communication. For example, if they're detail-oriented, then they focus on follow-through. They focus on being meticulous, on making sure that everything is accurate and, uh, and logical. Yeah. On the other hand, if they're, if they're motivating team builders, then they focus on that. Is that called an anthem? Is that what you call the anthem is we need to know that and then kind of put a tagline on it? Right. Excellent question. The anthem is your personal branding tagline. And through our research, what we found from studying uh, all these different groups, these, this half a million people, is that your personality is naturally going to over-deliver in certain areas. When you take the assessment, it's only 28 questions, and it gives you the adjectives that you need to describe yourself. So it's a very simple way yeah. for you to combine an adjective with a noun to create almost like a tagline for your personality. Do you want to create your anthem, Matt? You want to create a tagline yeah, for your personality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get okay, that. Okay, cool. Uh, and cool. I, want it, I want it something that's really flashy, something, <laughs> something, something with a lot of that, pomp and circumstance. To let your inner drama clean out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do we do the so, tagline? Uh, well, when we, uh, when we take a look at your archetype, when, when you took the assessment, you found out you were the veiled strength. That yeah. You tend to, um, you're almost like a chess player. So I'm going to give you a few different adjectives, and I want you to tell me which one describes how you're different. In other words, how you're most likely to succeed by standing out. Okay, cool. Would you say it's, is it by being realistic, intentional, or to the point? You know, it is, it's uh, interesting, uh, realistic, because um, one of my taglines for my company, not even knowing this, but I maybe backdoored this accidentally, re- I have a tagline that says, real uh, relationships, real results. Ah, <laughs> Isn't that weird? Awesome. But, yeah, but, so you've already, but no, I didn't know that. But that is a tagline I use and I've used for, I don't know, eight years, nine years. And then all of a sudden I see these adjectives you're giving me, realistic, intentional, to the point. Results. Now, 
when you when when somebody says to you, Matt, um, I am looking for somebody who's going to be realistic. Yeah. Somebody who's not just going to give me a ethereal abstractions, but it's going to help me narrow in with laser sharp focus. Yeah. Does that feel natural for you? Yeah, totally. What's the competitive situation that you're in sometimes when you need to play your A game? Um, wow. Um, oh, I guess when I'm speaking, when I'm speaking with a bunch of other speakers. Well, not only are you competing against the other speakers, you're also competing for your audience's time and attention yeah. where at any moment they could be taking out their iPhone and scrolling through their messages, right? Right. It's, it's, it's incumbent upon you to be so fascinating that you're more fascinating than any of the other options that are at their disposal, whether right. it's the other speakers or the coffee break or talking to the person next to them and so on. Yeah. So if you come on stage and right before you go on stage, you say to yourself, I want to be realistic in what I'm going to be communicating to them, but I also want to talk about relationships or communication. Um, would you say that w- if you were going to pair those together, would you say realistic communication or realistic relationships. Oh, interesting. I would say realistic relationships. So imagine that you come on stage and we're we're about to go on stage, we're standing backstage, it's dark back there, but you can see the spotlight, you can hear the audience murmuring and they're introducing you. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Townsend. Wow. You come out. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> the yeah. audience leaps to their feet. Yeah. They start doing the wave. You jump into the mosh pit. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> they're pushing me. They're carrying me around. <laughs> yeah. They drop me. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wait, no. That was a rave. Oh, yeah. That was a rave. Sorry. I just accidentally jumped into a rave in my dream. <laughs> Wrong stage. Wrong one. <laughs> uh, so you come out, and in your mind, you say, if there's one thing that I'm going to deliver in this speech, I want to deliver realistic relationships and communication. Would that be something that you could deliver on? Yeah. Yeah. What if I said, you, uh, Matt, when you go on stage, um, let's say I'm your client, and I've, I've now paid to bring you in. I'm the one sponsoring you to walk on stage, paying you a handsome fee, putting you up in a great hotel. I'm mm. in charge of all the marketing for you around the event. And I say, Matt, I don't really want you to focus on realistic relationships and connection. And instead, I want you to focus on, oh, let's say, just some, uh, yeah. some realistic accuracy. Yeah, I don't even like you. No, I mean, I have an aversion like, okay, in my head, you know what I think? Oh, okay, well, I'll do it my way anyway. (laughs) I'll sneak it in on you and and you'll love it anyway. And 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 if if I said to you, Matt, I don't want you to focus on what what you naturally do best. I don't want you to focus on, yeah. on realistic relationships and and connection and communication. I really want you to focus on um, just you know put some put some slides up there and let's go over some bullet points. And I'm going to tell you exactly how I want you to do it. And I'm going to micromanage you uh, the whole way along. Yeah, oh, it'd be like quicksand, right? Totally exhausting. And yet, if you can go out there and be more of who you are, to be your most authentic self, and to deliver realistic concepts that light people up, set them on fire, make them go out and want to change the way they do things, that for you would be incredibly energizing, wouldn't it? That's right. Yep, absolutely. And so this is, the, this is what happens for most of us in our jobs, is when we're being asked to do things that, are, that drag our energy down, that, um, that, that become a quicksand, it's almost impossible for us to be at our best. Yeah, no wonder we're losing, in, you know, no wonder we're losing you know, the engagement of so many of our employees. Yeah, we become, your employees become burned out. Look, when you, if you don't know what your employees do best, it's very difficult for them to deliver that. If you don't know your employees' value, it's really hard for you to help them become more valuable. Right. The same is if you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, even a stay-at-home mom. It's not other people's job to know your value. It's your job 
to know your value so that you can contribute that and become valuable to everybody in your life. And that's what the Fascination Advantage Assessment does. It identifies who you are at your best and how people see you in the most positive, flattering way. I love it. I really, I mean, and just the help you're giving me, I can only imagine, how does, does everybody get to sit down with you? I mean, that, that I'm thinking, <laughs> all 500, I know I'm thinking, how are they going to be able to fully leverage this? So when they fill out the assessment and again, Sally is giving everybody, all the listeners can go online, just go to the website, how to fascinate.com forward slash you, Y-O-U. And you go to a special just registration page and then just enter in the BYU um, or the, 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 the code. BYU radio. BYU radio. And then when they fill it out, then they'll get their assessment. And it's really wonderful because you'll have a video specifically designed to your strength and a, a, a report, all this stuff. And I guess if they just read the book, is that, is that, is that, is that enough? Is that all, all they need? Kinds of, well, of, of course, it's, it's easier if I can hold your hand and, and show you through products like the Anthem Builder, in which I take people on a, on a video journey taking them on a course so they can build their personal brand in an hour or less. Yeah. We have other ways that we help people build their personal brand and their company brand, but it all begins with the assessment and understanding how the world sees you so that you can have those adjectives to start using yeah. in your LinkedIn profile, and then you'll see how it works. Well, I really I love it. And again, as somebody, I, I feel like I've seen everything just in this industry, and I haven't, because this is brilliant to me, and especially because it's coming about how others are looking at us. So I so appreciate you, Sally, and I appreciate you, too, being willing to give the BYU listeners um, their own uh, special profile, free of charge. So appreciate that. And again, everybody, go check out uh, her website, howtofascinate.com, and get the book. Get the book. Um, it's, it's all over. Get it. Barnes & Noble, you name it, it's out there. Appreciate Sally Hogshead. We're going to take a break, my friends. Come back and continue our discussion about you and how others see you, how the world sees you. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, uh, this is the Coach's Corner segment of our program. And today we've been talking about how the world sees you. Just talked to Sally Hogshead, who gave us, uh, basically put, ran me through a profile. Fascinating stuff, really. Uh, it's something that I didn't realize. I mean, that, that was a profile, because that profile was about how others see me, not how I see myself. No, that's kind of weird to take yeah. a test that way because she had yeah. you, she had you do this sort of you know little test yeah. thing and and Profile. it was and it was how people see you yeah but you, you know were what? Te- you were tested on how people see you I mean I knew that people saw me uh, ruggedly good looking oh okay I knew that uh, ripped okay well you don't need to be rude. I'm not being rude. But I found out that I'm also... I'm agreeing with um, you. I have a mystique. Ah. You know? That's a character from... Uh, no. No. X-Men. No, it's not. Yeah. That's a trait that I have. And power. Mystique and power. Bada boom, bada bing! What are you, what? Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, but... Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I have mystique. But what's so funny about that whole thing, um, I learned a lot about myself. I mean, not that's not funny, but 
That's fascinating. But I always, I always find it nice when I learn something about myself. I do too. I mean, unless you learn something bad. True. See, but that's one of the things that people- But you can correct it then. Well, sure. That's why I wanted to address this. Okay. My, my topic today, eight rules to healthier online living. Because people hmm. are clueless. You cannot, you cannot use your phone while you're in the restroom, a public restroom, with other people in there. Please don't. Yes. You shouldn't. So what I like to do when someone's on the phone, because they must not get how other people are being impacted by that, I like to flush every toilet while they're on the phone. I'll go flush or, every toilet. Or talk to the person on the phone yeah. they're with. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just not right. So here are eight rules that I suggest we all sit down as a family and we discuss these things. Okay. Rule number one, and they don't have to be rules. If you don't want to call them rules, you could just call them guidelines. Guidelines. But, you know, it's, it's hard because p- kids want phones. Our kids have phones. But if you don't ever talk about the rules behind the phones and the online and the Definitely. tech, number one, rule number one, use tech to live life, not to avoid it. How many times, Ooh, yeah. how many times do we not notice? I don't, I don't answer my emails very fast. I don't answer my voicemails. So mm-hmm. I don't live this one very well. I actually use technology to avoid life. Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't honor this. I'm, I, I need to do better. But we need to know when to turn our technology off. We need to know that during meals, we shouldn't be taking phone calls in front of a bunch of people. Exactly. Nobody wants to hear that, which is why that whole discussion about having phones on airplanes, what a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Oh. I mean, you I, can't flush the toilet on an airplane. Yeah. I don't think they can – they cannot allow phones to be used on airplanes. No. I'm sorry. No. Can't happen. That is just not – it's just not going to work. That's right. And in fact, you, you – You're worried about a kid on an airplane? Because you got nowhere to go. Exactly. You have to engage life on an airplane. By the way, I also think you should use your tech as part of that. Use the apps. There's a ton of really awesome apps that can help you become more engaged in life. Like have time management tools where you can actually be present and and learn that I can be home. And when I'm home, I turn my tech off. And now I'm going to be a father that's home and present because all of my apps help me get there. And and tell the people at work, hey, I don't use my phone when I'm at home. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. Remember, by the way, another rule number two, remember to help not hurt others with your social media. Don't make critical comments. You may not quite get what you're saying and how that impacts somebody else. Make sure you're spreading positive stuff, not the negative stuff. Don't talk. Don't gossip. Actually, the Supreme Court is looking at that right now. Are they really? There was a gentleman who was arrested for making uh, threats to a person on Facebook, to his uh, estranged wife, actually. Oh, boy. I mean, yeah. death threats. And That's... he was arrested, and, and now it's it's gone all the way to the Supreme Court as to whether or not that is free speech. It's not. I mean, I, mean, I guess it is. But it, 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 So one thing the Supreme Court's going to rule, but it doesn't. Your morality should just say we, exactly. we're going to treat people better. Exactly. Here's another rule. Keep private things private. You're not allowed to take a cell phone and record private things about other people. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't. You shouldn't record their audio, their videos. You shouldn't take pictures. My, my, just the other day, my number two daughter was not happy about a picture that her older sister yeah. had taken. Oh, I've had that. And put down. on Facebook. Oh, yeah. That, so the older kids, daughter had to take it down. My kids torture each other putting embarrassing things up. Uh, another rule, don't ask for... Or from others, or send any sexy or inappropriate pictures of yourself to others. Don't do it. Don't ask. Don't send. There's just too much trouble involved. Private things should remain private. I totally can. And I mean, there's a lot of embarrassment. And, that... on, and a picture is not, especially on a phone, is not private. No. Oh, no. 
Nowhere. No, we'll find it out there somewhere. Exactly. Always put safety first is the next rule. Always put safety first. Don't give away your passwords to friends. Just because you have a, a Netflix account doesn't mean all your friends need to know the password and the names. Don't give out information to people that you don't know face-to-face and you haven't met them face-to-face. And don't just go meeting anybody that chats you up online. Oh, that, well. Especially if you're married. You, I met my wife online. I know. Look what but happened. Best thing on earth. We had you. talked for a month online See, before it. we went and saw that's each it. other. Well, then you can go find a safe way to meet. We did. You got to find a safe way. Mm-hmm. Like for you guys, a movie. And my wife <laughs> made sure that everybody <laughs> who she knew. knew. Exactly. In case, in case she ended, turned up dead. <laughs> exactly. Uh, his, this is his name, address, phone number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where his parents live. This is where we're supposed to and go. And they have a motor home, <laughs> just so you know. Next rule, don't bully others. Bullying online horrible thing that's going on. So don't repost announcements or pictures of other people. If they're funny, ugly, stupid, dumb pictures that make people look bad, don't po- don't repost. No. If your friends are repost or sending them out, don't repost. That's a great thing you can do is not repost. If they're if they're announcing parties that you could be going to and activities that you know all of your friends aren't invited to, don't repost. That's just hazing. That's just kind, yeah. that's hurting somebody's feelings. I'm not saying you can't go to the party, but you don't need to repost the invites. Don't like or forward embarrassing photos of other people's or other people that it might hurt their feelings. And don't pretend ever to be someone else online. Oh yeah. The minute you're hiding your identity and pretending to be someone else, you're already isn't in that called the, fraud? It's fraud, and you're in the bully sphere, right? Yes. Next rule: uh, lead, don't follow. Everyone wants follow. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. But you know what? Somebody needs to start leading online. So stand up for others who are being who are not being treated fairly. Isn't that what Zuckerberg did? Did he? Isn't he, he created Facebook? So he oh, yeah. was the first one. Yeah. Okay. And then he's he's done nothing but create followers. <laughs> Don't bring face up Facebook. I'm mad at Facebook. I know. I'm about to unfriend him. Oh. oh. Maybe. Okay. But until then, just keep following me on Facebook. Um, but stand up for others who are being treated unfairly. Repost things that you're proud of. Go get your favorite speeches, your favorite quotes, your favorite videos, and put it out there so the world can see your great values, your great principles. What if everyone was reposting just the good stuff and none of us would take the bait on the bad stuff? It would be really powerful. Oh, that would be so nice. Lead. Don't follow. Next rule, show respect through your tech. Don't use chat, text, Facebook while, you're, while you could be talking to somebody. Don't chat someone else while you've got someone in front of your face. So I shouldn't be on the couch and text my daughter to go let the dog out? Who let the dog? No, you should talk to your daughter and have a wonderful relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't do that. We do that all the time. We, I, You can sit. I saw it through the holidays. You know, you just sit there and you just, you know, no one's talking. Sometimes it's nice. So I, I, the only way I can see that is... I, I sometimes my wife sit and I sit next to the, each other on the couch, yeah, holding okay. hands. No, not Kissing. necessarily, but I will text her. You know, I love you. Oh, see, that's cute. So she's sitting next, but she's sitting right next to me. Yeah, that's I just cute. think it's a cute. Yeah. Well, that's and that's a cute surprise. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little creepy. Okay, in a cute way, <laughs> it's a cute creepy. But asking my kids to do something yeah, around the take house, take out the garbage. Yeah, <laughs> uh, respond immediately. This isn't the one I violate. Respond immediately to texts. I mean, my kids want a want a phone so bad, but then they don't text me. Mm-hmm. They don't tell me where they are when they have phones. So I'm like, no way, Jose. Uh, don't talk on phones in front of other people. We've already talked about that. Um, and quit checking your phone constantly. Holy cow. We're addicted. We have to be stimulated by something about every 10 seconds. You can ma- I mean, you can have notifications on your phone oh, yeah. so that you don't have to check it. I know, you know but, when something I know, comes in. You're addicted. So it's like Pavlovian. 
You get this firing. Last rule, slow the flow. You are in charge of how much information is getting out there. Slow it down. If you don't like what's happening with other people, don't promote it. Don't push it out there. Slow it down. Unsubscribe from lists that you don't like. Unsubscribe from groups that you don't want to be a part of. You have a choice to be a participant or not. And take a break, for heaven's sakes. I think everybody should regularly take a fast, a tech fast. It sounds like breakfast, but it's a tech fast. You should have one every month at least. Be done. Get away. That's the corner right there. So, folks, again, live your life healthier online. Remember, everything you're doing online is a reflection of who you are. We're going to continue this discussion, my friends. How the world sees you more fun from the happy gal. The happy gals are going to be coming in. We are going to definitively figure out if they are one woman or two women. Sarah Gallons. The answer will be coming Jenny Layton. next. It'll be up next. This is the Matt Townsend Show, and you're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. A little Karen Carpenter for you. The Carpenters. But Karen was her name. And every time I hear this song, I think of two of my best friends. From the happy gal. Very wonderful women. Who also love the Carpenters. Honestly, I don't know why we're playing this music, but uh, it's a great intro to our, our next guest, the happy gal. Now, we've had a debate on the show, an, an, a very interesting debate, because um, from the happygal.com blog, we have two female contributors, one, Jenny Layton, two, Sarah Gowans, neither of which we've seen together. We've only seen them separately. So we always wondered if they are the same woman. And today, we are here to say, yes, they are. <laughs> Except they're in stereo. There's, no, they're not the same. They're two different women. Welcome. And you're surrounded, Matt. I love it. You are surrounded <laughs> That's by happy, happy, happy gals. <laughs> I've never, by the way, I've never had more happy gals in one room. How does it feel? <sighs> Great. That's why <laughs> yeah. we played the Carpenters. Do you guys love the Carpenters? Well, do you now, even, do now you remember that I know it that as a child? You're too young. I, it does remind me of being little. When I was little, like, I would hear it on the radio. I, I would ask you your age, but that would not make <laughs> you a happy gal. <laughs> hey, I, I have no qualms with that. Really? I'm 38. <gasps> 37. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you guys are old. <laughs> uh, Anyway, welcome back to the show, you guys. It's good to have you. The Happy Gal is the blog for happy gals. That's right. And apparently everybody works there. Everybody does. We're trying to get you on board. When are you going to come on board, Matt? Well, there's this thing about the word gal. I know. What if we do the happy gals and a guy? Oh, (laughs) I'll be the guy. Okay. The happy gals and a guy blog. That's that's got a ring. Put that on a meme. (laughs) Meme it. Hey, um, here's the deal, you guys. Uh, Today we've been talking about how the world sees you. Now, we all know how the world sees happy gals and happy moms. Mm -hmm. Just happy. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. 
No. Well, that's interesting because since I've started the blog, The Happy yeah. Gal, everybody thinks I'm happy all the time. I know, but we know that's not true. It can't be. We know you're angry. <laughs> well, <laughs> You've never sometimes. been angry. Have you Don't ever ask been angry? my kids. By the way, where are your kids? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> that is so sad. You know so how sad. usually I'm in the car yeah. recording? Uh-huh. I'm not in the car recording. No, but your kids but are. But somebody else is in the car. Oh, should we recording. send security down to make sure they're okay? We probably shouldn't be talking about this on air. Yeah, that's true. I have I have old kids. I have some old kids. Old, meaning eight? <laughs> no. Twelve? Fourteen? Fifteen. Okay, yeah, they're fine. I swear I just saw security walk by. Yeah, that's right. Once I called <laughs> But it was a guy in a white shirt. No, yeah, that's so. him. I'll go look for him. Um, so we cracked the windows. It's good. They're fine. There's food. <laughs> they can get air. Actually, there's not food. Isn't I it like 30 degrees outside? <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, well, they're I guess- They're watching a movie. Well, so, you know, that, so that's an interesting thing because some people would say that you're bad moms. <laughs> If you leave your kids in the car, that's a label. That's a label, right? Good mom, bad mom. That's just a label. I don't think I'm going to come down here anymore. I know. You hardly <laughs> come down. Abuse. You normally call it in. But yeah. So our, we have labels. We label people. Mm-hmm. But even mom's a label, mm-hmm. right? And that's a heavy, that's a pretty heavy label because what if you don't feel like you live up to being a good mom? That's a bad one. Like what if you leave your kids in the car? <laughs> I've gotten over that. <laughs> <laughs> Shame on you. Shame on you. Well, teach us. What are we supposed to know about how, you know, how moms are seen, how how we all look at women and moms? Well, I think everyone looks at it in a different way, you know. Yeah. And, and so I think it's pretty easy because we're all raised in different families with different moms to yeah. look at motherhood in a different way. And so as Sarah and I were talking about this. We both came into motherhood from pretty different places. And so um, that label meant different things to us, you know, as we is it entered. Is it a heavy label for you guys? I mean, you're great moms. You do a great job. I mean, well, that minus- was kind of the irony of what we were talking about because <clears throat> Jenny comes from a, a really different perspective than I do for me. Yeah. I actually, for me, a mom label was exciting and really light, and yeah. I was excited to do it and have loved it. I was going to say every day, but that would be a oh, lie. Yeah, yeah. But- <laughs> Don't lie. We're, we're not oh. only happy gals, we're honest gals. <laughs> yeah, the honest and happy gals. You may not love it every day, but overall, you love it. But uh, it's honestly, e- I, mean, it's easy. I it's natural. knew since I was little that it's what I wanted to do, and mm. I couldn't wait to do it, and it fits me really well. Does it? Yeah. So, yeah, so... <laughs> makes it sound like I'm not Sue. Too. Yeah. Well, and then there's Jenny. Who uh, <laughs> locks her kids in the car. Anyway, I don't like where this is, is going. Totally fine Do we need to it. have a break? Theunhappygal.com. <laughs> but you don't, how, how, did you, how did you come to well, seeing motherhood? You know what? That's the thing is I think everybody comes with different talents and gifts. Yeah. And so the problem for me is I had this wonderful mother that just everything was about the kids. And, mm. you know, didn't shop a lot and just took care of the kids. And that's all she did. And I, like, I thought I was going to die being a mom. Yeah, that's not you. That's not who you are. No. You're a shopper. No, I'm not a shopper. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Clarify. But, <laughs> that's good. But you had, you had other dreams, well, other goals. Well, yeah. I just, for me, the idea of just doing laundry and stacking blocks and reading stories all day, I just thought I was going to die. Yeah, that's you too know? much. Yeah. So 
I had to really go through. I I wanted to really contribute. I'm kind of a goer and wanted to change the world and and help people. And so I felt like as I became a mom, it was shutting the door on all of those things I wanted to do. Interesting. So that was a little heavier. Like, Mm -hmm. here we go into the hibernation stage of mothering. Yeah. 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 Whereas for Sarah, I'm sure that that was just super fun to just become a mom and start doing all those fun things. Yeah, I loved it. I really did. But I think as we were talking, what we realized is we had these labels or these, this image of what we thought a certain thing should look like. Yeah. And if we tried to fit into that mold of what other people thought, what it should look like instead of just being who we were and creating, you can still do the role and have the label, quote unquote label, but do it how you want to and how it works for you. Well, it's, isn't it amazing now that you are together working the Happy Gal blog? Because there's not one definition of mother. Mm-hmm. There's not one definition of Happy Gal. That's what, yeah, that's what I was right? just going to say. Is it, that, see, mm-hmm. I just stole your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to say next? <laughs> so rude. Now you're going to say, I wonder if my kids are okay. <laughs> Sitting out in the car. If you're they go weren't, out like, we'd be seeing them walk by right now. Yeah, you would see the, <laughs> they find me. the authorities coming to help. <laughs> But I think that's interesting because it's the same thing with that. It's the same thing with yep. jobs. I mean, jobs don't have to be heavy and they, they're not always fun. But mm-hmm. we, So we all really have our image of what it is in our head. Mm-hmm. And then it sets up, doesn't it, how you're going to handle that job. Mm-hmm. I was actually just talking to a friend of mine um, on the way down here about – because he had asked me, do you think that that's kind of a, a woman thing to kind of label each other and kind of like think you have to fit into a certain role? And I said, you know, maybe right off you might think that, but – um, I think men deal with it just as much as women oh, yeah. do. And then we got to talking about how in the workforce, because men typically work more, well, yeah, I out guess of that's the home, changing maybe. now. I'm going to get in trouble for saying that and women are going to be coming after. Well, but, but even, yeah, probably even still they're, they're out working. But I do think that men have a lot of their identity is wrapped up in their job and what they do. Yeah. And, and so to, for them to think that their job has to look a certain way, um, it can be the exact same thing. So it's not just motherhood. That's what we can relate to, but it translates into every role. That guess, we yeah, any role, have. any label that we hang on ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we do the same thing with Christians, you know, yeah. certain way, you got to be a certain thing, Mormons, all these things, you have these labels. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the label isn't you. Well, and I think you get into trouble when you start trying to fit yourself into a mold that yeah. maybe you don't necessarily fit into. And so right. for me as a mom, I had to just go, okay, I can still be a good mom, even if it looks a different way than maybe the way I was raised or the yeah. way that some of the other women around me are doing it. <laughs> you can still you be a good about? No, no, I was just thinking, you can still be a good mom, even if the government doesn't think you are. <laughs> Are you I'm just I'm I just can kidding. vouch for Jenny. She's no, an awesome mom. mom. No, I'm sure you. I mean, <laughs> what you're an obviously good mom. You gave him air and water. <laughs> you rolled but the no window food, down. No food because I just cleaned the car today. Yeah. Do not <laughs> eat any food while I'm gone. We'll eat after. I am so scared for those kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're good kids, and they have a good mom. <laughs> they do. No, you see, that's it. But and I came from a mom that was a working mom. I had to work back in the day when moms weren't working mm-hmm. as much, yeah. and so, she had to be her way. And so that's interesting because that kind of brings us into our next point that we were going to talk about is, um, is is when we have a label, is does a label mean value? 
Is yeah, there value placed on a label? Yeah, it, it, in our culture it does, right? Right. So, I mean, some but, people wear labels, right? They're looking for the brand label, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But is there value in that? So. Yeah, no, it's fake. It's all the same cloth, right? I mean, I use, because I know this. I know this because I went to a private school where all the kids had IZOD uh-huh. shirts. This is, a, this is a long time ago. <laughs> Back when that was cool. <laughs> Izod shirts that were really cool. But I could, my, my mom, a working mom, couldn't afford Izod shirts. So she tried to convince me. There was a bunch of off-labels, mm. like from Mervyn's and which well, what would be Kohl's and JCPenney. So like she tried to convince me at one point that like a fox was the same as a, mm. an Izod. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because I'd get beat up. Aww. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get beat up. But um, but yeah. So labels. We let's do this. Let's take a break, and I want to come back to that because labels have this perceived value, mm-hmm. and you guys are going to teach us. And uh, we have, and we have a little an, an organizing analogy for you too. Oh, do you? I thought you, you. I thought you said you're going to have an announcement. <laughs> an organizing announcement. Are you going to teach us about organizing? <laughs> well, just you'll have to find out when we come back from the break. Wow. You're going to have to wait and see, you Matt. Guys, it's like you need your own show. <laughs> You're leading. Hey, the Happy Gal Show, Jenny. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. La, la, la. Ignore <laughs> that. No, you guys really would. You should, you, I'm going to talk to the people here yeah. about having the Happy Gal Show. And a guy. The Happy Gal and a guy. Yeah. It could be about a five-minute show. <laughs> Sean just said that. I said it for Sean. Sean. I would never have made I that I thought comment. we were friends, Sean. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to help uh, the Happy Gals, uh, you know, strengthen their relationship with Sean O'Neill. And uh, we're going to go check on their kids as well. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Back in just a few minutes. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Here's a little uh, police Wrapped around your finger. Uh, by the way, right then, when I said the word police, our guest Jenny Layton jumped and just You're not, startled. Our police. relationship is not progressing at this point, Sean. Oh, that is too funny. Sean's got a little comment. Um, this music actually was picked three days ago. Okay. <laughs> Jenny, don't we always say everything happens for a reason? Well, nope. I a hope not. In every message. I hope not. I Knowing don't like where this is going. We knew three <laughs> days ago that the police would be waiting at your car <laughs> when you get back. I got to go. Show. I'm going to leave the rest of this show See, to Sarah. No, no, no. You're, we're having so much fun. I know. You're going to miss my organizing analogy because I'm headed to go. my kids. No, let's be very clear. Jenny is an incredible mother. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, she loves her children dearly. Yeah. All three of them. All five. <laughs> okay. I knew that. I was kidding. Uh, five kids. You love them. They're taken care of. They're out there being babysat by a 15-year-old. Yeah. They're fine. They're fine. Yeah. They, uh, That's they, all legal, hey, right? Hey, Who needs a coat <laughs> in the winter? <laughs> the car's running. The they're car's watching running. a movie. It's locked. What's the worst thing that could happen in a running <laughs> they're car? Watching Shrek. Oh, they're watching Shrek. They could be fighting. Hey, Jenny, don't they talk. They probably are. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, she left the car running. <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> 
Just if there's you, a heater. There's carbon monoxide. Oh God. Pollution in Utah. Not to mention the pollution. <laughs> the car is not running. Not to mention the ozone layer. I have to be clear for Jenny. She did not leave the car running. She, All right. You're going to get. I don't her know in what trouble. I'm doing. I, I've got to go to the it's bathroom. Okay. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. We will send somebody out to check. Oh. To see if there's any authorities, any police around your car. Um, two wonderful moms, Sarah Gowans, Jenny Layton. You're here. You're wonderful. Yeah. I'm giving you a good label. Well, Your I was going to talk about how I'd become this wonderful talk mom. About, talk about talk about <laughs> labels for us. You've well, become a great mom. I thought that this segment was all about labels today. So I came up yeah. with this great cool. analogy about labels. Well, because I'm an organizer. I'm a yes. professional organizer. Oh, I know. That drives so. me crazy. <laughs> no, you'll love it. Okay, good. Because I'm not organized. Well, Let's hear it. I have a, I have a labeler. Like, like a, a real machine labeler. Yeah. that prints out labels. So does my wife, by the way. Yeah. They're cool. Is it's your stuff labeled toy. at home? Pretty much, yeah. 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 It, it's really Even great. Even stuff that doesn't need to be labeled. Well, and what yeah. does it do for you when stuff's labeled? What's well, annoying. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it helps me know what I'm supposed to use it for. Yeah. Like, well, don't... it helps you find things, right? Does it? Yeah. yeah, it well, does. yeah. <laughs> no, it does. I've never thought of it What do you way. think about labels, Sarah? I, I <laughs> Sarah, you. maybe you two just have this It question. helps you <laughs> clarify in your mind. It just helps you kind of sort in your mind, right? Like yeah. it helps kind of organize things of... What goes where and yeah. how it fits. And yeah. so yeah. Jenny thought of this great analogy. So labels are really <laughs> useful and they're yeah. really good, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we were talking about how as you're labeling things, you want to label them correctly. Yeah. Because if know? you don't, you're messed. Yeah. Yep. Like I remember once a sister-in-law was making cookies and mixed up the flour. or No, no. The sugar and the salt. Oh, ooh. So that wasn't good. Yeah, right? that's bad. So you want to label it correctly. Yep. But as we were talking about it today, we were talking about how really – the label itself has no value. It just depends on the recipe that you're using when you cook, right? Yeah, it's the mix. Yeah. So That's if, interesting. So the label is a, a penny. Yeah. But it's not, but There's it's no how you use it. It's, yeah, it. that's interesting. Yeah. Unless you place it. Unless you there. make so the like label. So, like if you're valuable. making bread, flour has a lot of value. But if you're making something else, then concrete, know, there, there's irrelevant. no value to flour, right? That's right? So, I think in mothering or really in any role, I think you just kind of look at the value that you can bring to it mm-hmm. and you you bring that kind of meaning and value to that label or to that role and then it feels good. See, you know what? Oh, wow. That was a was profound. That profound? You've just redeemed yourself. <laughs> I needed to do something. <laughs> that was worth having your kids sit out there for weeks. <laughs> Not quite. Not really. But that really is a great – because it's what you bring. It's the interaction you have that creates the value. It's not the Izod back mm-hmm. in my day. Yeah. It wasn't the OP pants that made you popular. <laughs> the it wasn't the Jerbos. <laughs> I got. I had Jerbos, yeah. It yeah. wasn't that – That's. it was just – it was my rugged good looks that made the jeans valuable. That's where all the value – was lying was in your looks. Why did he roll his eyes? <laughs> Rude. That's a label. Um, that's profound. Yeah. So Teach it's actually, more. so if you think about it, Matt, it's really empowering because people can place labels on you. You can place labels on yourself, but Every there's day. no value in it. But we have the power to look, you know, create whatever value we want to and it's what is inside of us that creates the value and so um we can take any role and make it whatever we want it to be yeah and so can i give you an example of this real time yeah ferguson missouri tons of labels being thrown around they're just labels cops bad cops good minority uh cultures whatever whatever and everyone's just throwing labels around and yet in reality 
killer story today uh, that I heard about that one of the um, – so we heard about the, the fires and all of the violence. And one of the store owners whose uh, business was ransacked shows up at their store and early in the morning to show up to clean up the mess after the riots day one. And guess what they found? What? The community members – and their store, the people that, that frequent their store were there before they were cleaning up and wow. organizing the place. So when they got there and when they picked up the room to clean up their own place, no one would let them clean. Wow. Those were, that was the people of Ferguson. So all of a sudden, we have this image, a label of people mm. of Ferguson mm-hmm. that, uh, Ferguson. But in reality, that's what the people of Ferguson are, right? Mm-hmm. So what created well, the change Well, and it depends on what you focus on because there's also the other side, too, that's there as yeah, well. That's right. And so, so, it's, so there's we, both there, but, but what the news, one are you going to— That's right. In the news, we focus on the fire starter yeah. and the people breaking the windows, and that makes all the attention. And then everybody gets labeled, starts labeling everybody. Mm-hmm. And yet, deep down, Ferguson— has a lot of other labels that we never hear about if you don't shine a camera on them. Yeah. Well, that's such a great example, I think, of how it is for everyone with the roles and the labels that they have. Because sometimes there's just nothing you can do about the labels that you have. You right. know, I am a mom or I am a dad or I yeah. am an employee. And whatever, good or bad, yeah. that's what you are. Yeah. And so, Or you may be divorced. Yeah, And there's a, a reason. Great. Or you mm-hmm. may be... Um, or you may be single, or you may be... That's a great example. There's, I mean, there's a lot of examples, right? That yeah. We just think, oh, you're married. You must be so much happier. Mm-hmm. But in my world, all the marrieds want to be single, <laughs> and all the single want to be married. And yet it's all labels. We're just yeah. So I guess you're saying we would just exchange the labels... And it wouldn't change the value. Well, I'm just saying whatever place you find yourself in, yeah. it's kind of you've just got to make the choice to be proactive about redefining what that label means to you. I love it. You. That's huge. Yeah. So that's kind of our challenge that we have for oh, our no. listeners. What is it? Just <laughs> redefine. <laughs> I love homework. Yeah. Well, but. if you find yourself in a situation where you're not feeling great about the role that you're in, then to look at, for a new way to associate yourself cool. to that role. So we've got three little steps. Let's hear it. What are they? Do what do I do? Well, first of all, your thoughts are huge when it comes to how you feel about things because that's kind of the first, that internal landscape, that's yeah. the first place where you start planting those seeds for really what happens in your life. Right, right. So if you notice negative thinking, that's a really great way to go, okay, I'm going to think, look, dig deep, find all the positives yeah. about that role and focus on that. That's huge. Yeah. You've got to work your thinking. Mm-hmm. What else? Well, words, because oh, that's yeah. your next thing. Well, that's what we hang. That's the, that, I call those the stories. Then we start mm-hmm. telling the stories. Exactly. And once you've accumulated a bunch of words and stories, mm-hmm. why would you change your thinking? Mm-hmm. And that's where you socialize it, too. Thoughts are just you, but words, that's kind of the next level of yeah. creation, I think. Well, then... see, like, today we even did it. Today we made fun of you as a mother, <laughs> and now everybody's going to think you're a bad mother. You're going to owe me but some it's free not therapy. Jenny, <laughs> that's right. she's so confident and yeah. secure. Jenny, she, no, knows, she knows she's hey, a good mom. And who so... cares what those cops say? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> because I have my thoughts and my words. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so true. No, but really it is because I've never thought of it. Words are the socializing thoughts. Yeah. And those can be good and bad. That could reinforce labels you want mm-hmm. that make you be stronger or it could you know, create labels you don't want. Well, if you just pay attention to the way that you talk, you know, and what you say negatively about what role you're in, that just is perpetuating it and building the story and building the case. Love it. Yeah. Good. 
Yeah. Do you third? want to tell them the third one? What's yeah, the third sure. One? Does it involve food? So the third food? one, it, no, <laughs> okay, it doesn't, but it should. Yeah. I thought you guys would bring food. You have a recipe book, for heaven's sake. <laughs> you didn't even bring food. We talked food. about ingredients this time oh, that's instead true. of you bringing did. them down. Yeah, that was good. Well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> so the third one is imagery. Vision. Yeah. yeah. Visual. Yep. I like so, because if you, whatever, there's such power in the mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, I've talked about before how I've done my own experimenting in my life with imagery and how yeah. powerful it is. And um, <clears throat> it really is. So, if you can kind of visualize what you want your role to be and um, how you, like, for example, mother, since we were talking about that earlier, you could translate this to father, business person, whatever role right. you're talking about. If you kind of put in your mind the image of what you want it to look like, not necessarily that you are that, yeah. you'll become it if you imagine it enough. It. Yeah. Then it you think there. about it. It becomes your words, which becomes your that. actions. I love that. So. That's why you need to visualize your dreams, your goals, your purpose. Hey, and- I have something to say. <laughs> wow. Okay. Hey, you know what? I want to take this moment. Anytime you want, Jen. <laughs> this to is say, your, yeah. As a mother, yeah. guess what I just did with my kids? We created vision boards. Did you? They all did their own vision board. Uh huh. Well, well, that's great. See, I'm a good mom. No, it's, you're a great mom. <laughs> That'll be great. They can do that in prison. We didn't stack blocks, but we made that vision is, boards. You know, honestly, that, who, what mom does that? That's, see, I do. again, but, that, I do. but I know, but notice what that is. That's a different kind of mom. <laughs> that's not just folding socks and. Which I do that too, but. Yeah, but. You know, yeah. you that's do it where all. I'm good. Jen, Jen, don't be defensive. <laughs> You're fantastic. Oh, thanks. And you do vision boards. And that will help your children when mom's not around anymore <laughs> because they've taken her away. Uh, I'll take care I of them. I may come back. I don't know. <laughs> You'll come back. You, you Honestly, but those are great points. So vision, words, and thoughts. Yeah. That's how we change our labels. Well, and it's work. You know, that's the thing is it's really easy to just go status quo oh, yeah. and just keep plugging along Keep the way you do it. this stuff what we're talking about it's work yeah. but it's worth it well, and that's right. our challenge to everyone is that's to take challenge. it and take and it take a role <laughs> take that challenge <laughs> you, you take that challenge <laughs> and you take it yo <laughs> is that what you meant Sarah <laughs> of course yes Matt that's you know exactly what? what I meant you guys are great <laughs> and you're we're happy. different we're and two separate happy. people you, and that that still is blowing my mind yeah. They are two separate. Write that down, Sean. Keep in mind that we've both been down here several times, so he has <laughs> seen us. We're going to yeah. take a photo and post it for everyone to yeah. see let's with that. Matt that, that would it's be good. proven. Just to prove that the fact that you are two separate. <laughs> hey, let's do it out by the car. <laughs> we'll just have the car. Should we ask the we'll police? I have anything to do with this. We'll let's never have even everybody air. in the picture. <laughs> Okay, you guys, we appreciate you. The Happy Gal. Go to thehappygal.com. Go buy your, your uh, cookbook. Yeah. The Happy Gal Way Cookbook. Healthy eating. Healthy eating for... Matt loves it. Moms with labels. (laughs) We're going to take a break, my friends. Come back. Wrap up the show. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM, 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping it up, putting a nice bow on it, getting it ready for the holidays. Today we've been talking about how the world sees you still in the house. Uh, Can I say Maddie's still here? Maddie's here. She doesn't have a microphone. 
but we had your goodbye show yesterday, didn't we? So you're not allowed to talk. Sarah Gowans is in the house still. Merit Meekum is here. Merit. I am here. Teach us, uh, as we go away, as we wrap this show up, we just thought Merit could teach us one more thing. <laughs> Teach us just anything. Teach us about anything? personality yeah. types. Yeah. So some people have personality. I know. Imagine and some that. don't. Yeah. Some don't. Just kidding. No, so I actually had a very interesting conversation with my older brother over the weekend. And we were talking about personality tests, which are hugely popular yes. right now. You yes. cannot go anywhere without a different personality right. test being suggested to you. I mean, it, it could be anything from like super psychologically valid tests like Myers-Briggs to right. what kind of cheeseburger are what you? kind of dog are just, you? Right. It just keeps going. And so we were kind of just talking about the validity of that, the value of that. Is there value to a personality test? What kind of value would that have? And um, so came up with a few thoughts. So the first thing is personality tests are useful for you to understand other people. Yeah. I found this really interesting as I've kind of gone and you deal with people, especially people that I don't initially kind of get yeah. don't get where they're, they're like <laughs> what is your deal? Or, right yeah and so um uh you know the the colors personality test that one's very popular it's based yeah. on a lot of other you know like yeah. four type of personality i'm a tests. fuchsia by the way <laughs> oh really <laughs> that i think that's not the fifth, surprise that's the me yeah See, yeah, Matt, you Sean's can be a, a happy gal. <laughs> is, that, is that, yeah. If you're a fuchsia. fuchsia. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so they have like the red, blue, white, and yellow. And it uh, that's kind of based more on like what motivates you yeah. in your life. And so that's been really useful for, for me in interacting with people because I've had uh, like a roommate, for example, who I just don't understand uh-huh. what she's getting at a lot of times. Is the time. she a green? And a lot she's she's a red. And okay. so I'm like, okay, I'm really not a red. So yeah. this makes sense to me that I don't really get what they're yeah. understanding. But the other thing that's useful is to understand um, yourself and not in the way that you kind of like have <laughs> the personality test isn't a zodiac for you. You don't like yeah. just like what decision should I make? And then you right. like defer to whatever yeah. personality type you are and you do what it you says. Still have to live. Yeah, but it's interesting because oftentimes um, I have a hard time focusing, like realizing what my thoughts are, why I think things the way I do, what I'm good at, mm-hmm. uh, how how my strengths can play out into actions. Um, and so it's kind of a useful thing for understanding yourself, what how your kind of inner life reflects on the outside, but also how you can chart your own development. Yeah. So uh, when I was in high school, I took the Myers-Briggs test. Were you? Okay. And my results then are different than they are now. Now, that's the You've evolved. But I have evolved in a certain extent. And um, so it's kind of an interesting thing to look back and think, well, okay, that makes sense for when I was in high school. I was this way. Now I'm this other way. Yeah. So I just thought I'd run through the different elements of that. Okay, cool. That test. Yeah. Because it's a really interesting thing to kind of evaluate where you are and if you're the kind of person you want to be. Right, right. So um, those are based on four different types of uh, personality descriptors. So the first is favorite world is how you see the world. Do you prefer to focus on the outer world, what's going on outside of you, or do you like to focus on what's going on inside of you? I'm an I. I'm I am, an innie. I'm also an innie. I, I like too. to think Are you about, an innie, Sarah? I am. Yeah, I like to think about my own thoughts, Three about how I feel. Three little innies yeah. sitting in a room. It is interesting. <laughs> so that's the first one. The second one is information. So how do you process information? This is basically, do you like to focus on the information that's coming to you. You kind of live in the sensory part of that. Or do you like to think about information more as you process it? Uh, so 
I like to process the information before I take it. Yeah, yeah. it's the processor. the intuitive, the processor. So uh, interesting, Sarah. What are yep. you? Processor. See, yeah. we are all the same. That's interesting. That's we're all the same. Yeah, I find the sensory part of it almost overwhelming. I don't like to deal yeah. with that no. as much. Blah. The uh, third one is decisions. So how you make decisions. And I thought this one was really interesting. And this is actually where I did change from high school to now as a college senior is that uh, for this one, they say you're either thinking or feeling. You make decisions based on your yeah. kind of radical, rational thoughts and logic or based on how you feel about a certain thing. Yep. When I was in high school, I focused a lot more on how I felt about it. And now I focus a lot more on the logical, rational Do argument. You? Of how to make a decision. So you've mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. I'm an IPF. I'm a feeler. You're a feeler. Are you? What are you, Sarah? I well, I'm like Merritt. I think it was. Thinker. I was more of a feeler when I was younger, and it probably depends on the situation. Maybe too. how yeah, young yeah. you were. So right. There's some. That's that's yeah, and, and a lot of these you can you might not really strongly identify yeah. towards right. one or the other. Right. Uh, the last one is structure, and so when you're dealing with the outside world, how you like to get things done and how you stay open to new things. And so you're either judging, which means you kind of, again, it's more of the rational kind of thing or the perceiving, which means you go off your gut feelings yeah. and you, how you interact with the world is you go off that kind of gut yeah. reaction rather than the, well, I should do this based on the logic. So I'm a judge. I'm judging. Yeah. What's the, my... what's the, so judge or uh, what's the opposite of judge? Perceiving. Kind of think about going off your gut feeling. Yeah. I'm a gutter. I, when you got a gut like mine, you got to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, but I, is what are you, Sarah? Did you just call yourself a gutter? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You don't need to point it out, though. So. I again, I was one way in high school. I think I was more. Now I think I go more with. I'm more open, mm-hmm. and I kind of go with my gut more. So yeah. I guess I'm a gutter too. Gutter, <laughs> gutter ball. <laughs> That's great. That's anyway, cool. Yeah, so that's a that's a so very So you changed. I changed. A little bit. Yeah, so that's it's something interesting. I've charted kind of my own growth. Yeah. Um the kind of things that are happening to me, figuring that out and also it helps me understand the people around me because a lot of times I have a hard time uh Let's just go with right. that, the kind of decision. So I like to think through decisions yeah. more and sometimes I get really confused when people make their decisions based on how they feel because yeah. You know, here am I. Here I am thinking. Well, emotion is not logical, yeah. so it probably won't lead you to the best yep. decision, which isn't a great thing for me to think no. on my part. But it does help me understand how other people are coming to the table, what they are bringing, and what kind of value that they add yeah. to the conversation. And so that's kind of a thing that you could do, maybe in your families or in any sort of team you have, is to just have people take that test and let other people be aware of it, so that everybody knows where the other person's coming from and how they're. Uh, Interacting, how they're making those decisions, because that's all going on behind the scenes. We don't that's see right. people, you know, you, we don't see no. their thoughts. We don't see the behind the scenes of how they interact with the world. And so what we get is often not completely uh, representative of what they really are and who right. they really are and what they're really – what kind of processes they're really going that's through. That's why I've, I've kind of had issues with these, um, these tests mm-hmm. because then you're labeled – Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're mm-hmm. a red, and then everything. Oh, I'm a white. <laughs> you're a red, and then everything just becomes this fight. Yeah. So or that this actually judgment, that brings me label. to my third point, yeah. which is 
these aren't definitive, they are fluid. Mm -hmm. And so your your truth is your truth of who you are is constantly changing based on what kind of experiences you have. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they um, were talking to a neurologist who said that your sense of self is really just uh, kind of a, a story that your brain yeah. formulates. So think about this, for example, on a happy day, your sense of self is pretty great. You're like, I'm a pretty good person. You know, I'm doing things right. If you're having a bad day, you probably don't think you're a good person. And that's because your brain is formulating a story based on maybe your more bad experiences rather than your good experiences. That's right. And it's so perception. yourself can change constantly. You can become a different person. And uh, the story that you tell is you have new experiences. The, the story of yourself yeah. constantly is becoming different. And so to think that you're locked into a certain personality type isn't true. And so you need to be open to the fact that you can change and maybe look for that kind of change, you know, where you think things can be better. For example, sometimes it's not very great that I'm really introverted. Sometimes I need to look outside of myself more and look for the ways that I can serve other people and value other people's right. opinions rather than my own. So again, it's not, it's not a kind of Zodiac thing. It's yeah. not a... You're not set in stone. Yeah, it's not a set in stone thing. It's a way that you can evaluate yourself and who you are and what kind of decisions you make and a way that you can look for uh, ways to improve. I love it. And that's kind of the point of, of why we're here, I think, for me, is that there's value in every personality. There's not oh, yeah. one that's better than another. Oh, yeah. And so I think to find balance in each one and to say, you know, I've got maybe at this point in my life, I have more yellow in me personality or this more red. And I think right. you're trying to kind of find a balance of every mm -hmm. one and bring it in so that you are balanced in each and, one. Yeah, and learn to adapt. To, you got to adapt to some of this, right? I mean, this isn't, this isn't, you can't just hope everyone, you find <laughs> the right mix. Not everybody can cater to your personality. No. I mean, type. I've tried. I've tried yeah. well, to get people to do that. Well, we all would that. like people to do Not that. Not working. But also, it can be a way for you to, as you become more balanced, you can communicate better with people. Because if I understand yeah. uh, maybe the motives of a person who's, you know, quote, yellow. Yeah. That will help me communicate with them. I can be more effective in how we interact and we can come to conclusions more effectively. See, again, that's why we do this show. We're changing. Yeah. We're not all set in stone. That's why we are willing to learn, <laughs> to grow, and to be patient. Okay, I have a quote. I have a quote. Anybody ever heard of Peter Drucker? I have not. He's no. only one of the greatest business gurus of all time. Okay. And I had the quote, and then every time you guys would say something, I would lose the quote. But basically, <laughs> I'm going to paraphrase the quote. It would say, you cannot ever become what you need to become by staying what you've been. Mm. Right? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Peter Drucker. And so the reality is, is we have to change. And you're, if you've got to change your thinking, if you want to change your being, Think, thinking begets feelings, begets actions, begets becoming. So that's the show today. You're not just stuck, you know, being a good mom or a happy gal or a bad gal or you're not just stuck. You can guy. change. Or a guy. Well, we appreciate you listening, my friends. Again, we couldn't do the show without you. And we're here every day just to give you more ideas, more tools, a leg up on this crazy thing called life. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back with more tomorrow. Take care, my friends.